I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yo to speed sportive, uh episode 330. We think I'm Brandon. John's here. Hi, John. Hey Brandon. How you doing? Friday night. Look at us. Nobody two cooler than us show. Too. That's here right. Here we go. The other two are out living their lives, and we are here just putting in the work. <laughs> when you say living their lives, that is for certain values of living their lives. Yeah. They're yeah. doing their thing. Stu is in St. Cloud, hanging out with all his peeps. That guy at the Culver's who sits and goes to jihadnews.org or whatever <laughs> and just sends out stuff from the Culver's. He's, he's there. He's there. He's with them. Yep. That's where that's, Stu is. That's his crew. And chickens at one of the, having 16 kids was just a bad idea on his, on his part, because I don't think he understood that he was going to spend every day of his, the rest of his life at a youth sports event. Right. Mixed in some track now. Yeah. That's you. That's you in a couple of years, by the way. Yeah. God, I know it's brutal. Uh, before we get brutal started, the best, um, it's both. It's definitely both. It kind of depends, I think, probably on. Well, I, I can't say for sure, but my guess is it depends on the sport. If you actually like selfishly, like if your kid plays a sport, you don't really know about. Maybe you can get into it. You probably can talk yourself into it. But um, and uh, and their teammates and the other parents, there's so many different factors that go into it. It could for yeah. sure be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And so far, my experience as a sports dad has been great experiences. It's been awesome. Um, but I can definitely see it going sideways pretty quickly um, for, you know, I mean, what if your kid turns into kind of a jerk about it all, right? Could happen. Always a possibility. Always a possibility. Or like my, not a jerk. My kids but are jerks like, now, so. Right. It stands to reason. change anything. Yeah. Uh, so they could just be kind of like, oh, he's kind of turned arrogant because he's really good. Or he could be really bad and doesn't want to go, but still wants to play and, you know, but doesn't want to practice. And. Who knows? Um, well, I got to tell you, Brandon, I did not play sports in college, so I don't think I'm going to have my guess is I'm not going to have a lot of trouble with my kids being so good that they're <laughs> about it. Yeah, I'm just I'm just guessing right now. That's maybe a problem for you. I don't think I'm going to have that issue. Well, yeah, most of us won't have uh, that problem. I'm sure neither of my kids. Uh, who knows? Um, either way. But um, yeah, hard to say. But it's been positive for me, which is good. Uh, before we move on uh, too quickly, I did want to um, enter a quick disclaimer here. It is Friday evening, past eight. I have been drinking. Yeah, I think we all have, Brandon. Okay, it's good. Friday night. 
So we can't be held liable if we say that at the beginning of the show, just in case we really That's go right. off the rails here screaming at, you know, Michael Rand. Our, Rander our liability, else. our liability in this podcast has always been really up near that dividing line, right ne- right where slander starts. Yes. We're, we're near the slander line the whole time. and Always. So if you disclaim that liability before you start, you can't be sued for slander. I don't know if uh, people, people don't talk about this enough. No. I'm a lawyer, so I know. That's right. (laughs) Well, we are recording on a Friday, just the two of us. Uh, It felt very urgent and timely for us to record because tomorrow, and uh, I'm sure everybody, the majority of people who are listening will be on a Saturday. Um, Otherwise, they just won't listen at all, right? Um, Tomorrow, April 16th, marks game one of the Timberwolves playoff game. So we wanted to do a little bit of a preview. But before the preview... Really got to talk about that playing game, John. I can't stop thinking about it. That was, for one thing, it lasted for six hours. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it really, it was by far the longest basketball game I've ever seen, including some triple overtime games. Well, because and, it was supposed to start at eight thirty, it started at eight forty-five, but it didn't get over till well past eleven. Right. Which, Which in dad terms, I, I texted this to somebody. <laughs> I texted this to somebody, but. I stayed up until almost midnight with that game. And in dad terms, that is like paying $2,000 for a ticket to the game. Basically the exact same level of commitment. I drove home from a bar at, yeah, 1145. And I was like, is the sun coming up soon? I don't have any frame of reference anymore. (laughs) Seems like I pulled an (laughs) all-nighter. There was probably a time many, many years ago when both of us went out at 11:45 p.m. Well, not me, not me so much, but you. Yep. You were oh, yeah. cool. 100%. I never No, not the if, cool part. I got texts from people and not exaggerating at 11:45 and said you want to meet out. And I was single and I was like, "Yes, of course. I'm desperate. I want to so we would meet at 12:15." I got it. I I think I've told this story, but it connects in the sense that this was also an extremely long basketball game. There was I think the Gophers were playing in the NIT semifinal and i think they were the second game so it started late and it it went into one or two overtimes this would be about 10 years ago now i can't remember who they played or anything because i was at a bar and i was at a bar it was near it was near the u of m campus and it was a tuesday night and of course by the end of that game i didn't care if the Gophers won or lost i had been I would had three beers probably. And so I was completely ready to go home and it was, it must've been about 1130, same as this game. And it was when I knew I was old because it was a Tuesday night and it was like 1130 and kids were coming in to the bar, like all these 21 year olds who were there to party at 1130 on a Tuesday night. And I, at that time, I mean, it, it must have been 10 years ago. So I was barely in my 30s if I was in my 30s. And I was like on the verge of standing up on a chair. I wasn't a dad. I didn't have any kids at the time, but I was on the verge of standing up in the chair and be like, children, go home. <laughs> if you were up this late, go home and study because <laughs> this is not good for you. This is not good for your classes tomorrow. Right. And yeah, it's. It was, it was even, it was just as bad, even in my own home at 1145 on Tuesday night with that play in game. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, the next day, the next day I felt like I had both been drinking and doing hard drugs, even though I had been doing neither just because I was up past 
10 30 p.m oh my god it was so bad i i was up until probably one in the morning because i was because you were just yeah just yeah. so heat up after uh, it was a great game i uh i was at a bar with my friends and i never picked my phone up so i was well behind on twitter and catching up on Twitter after a big game like that is very fun, right? Because there's obviously the two-hour-old takes of like, well, they're going to lose by 50. What a disaster, which is kind of fun to laugh at. Yeah. And then I've got a dad ball slack, and I had 300 unread messages there right. as well. And so just trying to scroll through all the takes uh, takes a lot of time. Um, John, my question for you is, where does that rank in terms of the most fun Timberwolves games? Oh, fun Timberwolves games. Yeah. Maybe not that's the most a, important, right? Because there's it's course, a short list. It is a short list. There's there's obviously there was more stakes in uh in the Garnett years. There was many, many, many playoff games. But just in terms of sheer fun uh and obviously a great result, that's a short list, man. That's really ranking up very high on this, right? Yeah, I can I can give you two other games like that game. Okay. There was because here's the thing. The Timberwolves made the playoffs a ton when Garnett was around, yep. but they lost in the first round seven straight years. And I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any of those series went to a deciding game. I think I, all of them were three, four game series because that was back when they used to do best of five in the first round. That's right. And I, I'm sure I have to imagine, John, I wonder if there is a record of this somewhere. Yeah, probably. I, I don't know how we we could access it go to the library or something but um, my, if <laughs> memory stands and microfilm uh, or microfiche one of right. the two i believe one of the earlier years there may have been a deciding fifth game against like the sonics or something mm. where we did get a couple games off them but that was a long long time ago um and you're right very few of them were actually what you'd consider fun victories because that maybe they won they were down 2-0 and they won one game and then they just got smoked again and it was over Right. Um, so yeah, you're so here's, right. Here's my three. There was in 2004, there was that series against the Kings that went yep. to the seventh game. The yep. game was a target center. Garnett scored 37 or something like that. And the and final like 21 rebounds. Game, yeah. The final score of the game was like 82 to 75 or something <laughs> like that. Just, you know, a first half for this year's Timberwolves, basically. Right. But it was kind of a terrible game, except for Garnett just taking over and in my in my mind, I know this probably isn't true, but in my mind, he scored like 25 points in the fourth quarter. And it was just, it was an amazing experience because the Timberwolves had been bad for so long and then they'd been mediocre and just to, they won a first round series and it was weird. But then to take on the Kings who were just as good as they were and come out on top in that series, that was amazing. John, I just looked it up. It was 83 to 80. <laughs> So I wasn't, I was actually not that far off 83 no. to 80. That is incredible. Chris Weber, who uh, in my memory was an absolute tyrant that game. Incredible. Yeah. Had 16 points on 17 shots and eight <laughs> rebounds and four assists. Right. Just a uh, Evan Fournier line. Yeah. Vlade Divac committed 45 fouls. They didn't have, you yeah. couldn't foul out back then, I think. No, not back 45 then. personal fouls in one game. Vladi had uh, shot two of 45 from the free throw line. <laughs> Vladi had one foul. Must have been a memorable one for you, John. 
Uh, he had the one, though. <laughs> I'm just making this up as I go, because how did this game possibly end with one team scoring 83 points and winning the game? Garnett had 32 and 21, five blocks, four steals. What a fucking amazing monster. So that was uh, amazing. Cassell, yeah, had a good game. And uh, yeah, I that that's number one, right? Because... Yeah, absolutely number one in the franchise. Yeah, they got the schneid. They, they won the series. Uh, it was a very memorable end, if you remember, because Weber had a chance to win it. And uh, his shot was like halfway down and it popped out. And that's how we won the game. Garnett was defending it and bit on a pump fake. Uh, so that could have been a disaster. So that adds a little bit to the lore. Uh, you're right. I agree with you. That's number one. Number one. For and sure. the, the only other one I can come up with was. I guess it would have been four years ago or now, the Jimmy Butler year. They yep. played game 82, game, game 82. against Denver. Mm-hmm. And it was it was actually a lot like this play-in game. Because I'm pretty sure one of the teams was going to the playoffs and one of the teams was not. That's right. Like the winner was going to the playoffs. And so in in a lot of regards, it was exactly the same. And of course, at that point, the Wolves hadn't been to the playoffs in 14 years. And as difficult and joyless as the Jimmy Butler years were, it was just exciting that they had won more than 20 games because that had been the way it was for so long. And so they won that game. It was really exciting. And winning a regular season game is the second best moment in Timberwolves history up until this week, near as I can remember. Yeah, that was, man, that was so fun. Incredible. And I think, I think Jokic missed one at the buzzer that would have won it for Denver. Am I remembering that right? I think so as well. I'm trying like to a three fig- from the corner. Yeah. If, I think he had a three from the corner to win it. Uh, somebody stripped it from him. Uh, Taj or somebody. Uh, and then they maybe went to overtime. It was an overtime game. Is that right? Something like that. Um, but I remember... That was a big one. Yep, you're right. right. That might be number two. But is this one better? It. This one was better than that one, I would say. This was the second most fun Timberwolves game of our lives, John. <laughs> <laughs> this It really, really reminded me of game 163 against Detroit a few years ago. Ah, uh-huh. Remember that game? Because um, in the, sa- in the same Kassia. way. Yeah, Alexi Casilla and Carlos Gomez flying across the plate. Like mm-hmm. he crossed the plate and he jumped into the air and he landed in the second deck at the Metrodome. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But I, in the same way, that game, Detroit kept going ahead. And every time it was like, man, the twins are never going to come back from this because they had who <laughs> they had so many guys like they were sending pitchers out to the mound that you'd never even heard of. And it was game 163 of the year. And, Guys were making huge plays that were never heard of before. Again, it was just an amazing game. And the only the only difficult to remember thing about that is they won that game and it was just this amazing, cathartic, communal experience for all of us. And then they went to the playoffs and got absolutely whooped. Mm, and that's not what I want to have. Yeah, that's <laughs> not what I want to happen to the Timberwolves. Yeah, it but, was um, obviously because the stakes made it um, made it a big game. But it was so unbelievably fun because, for one thing, a uh, big factor in this, John, and that makes it, I think, better than Game 82. And another fun win uh, of recent uh, history was 
they obviously took one off the Rockets at home um, in the playoffs and we ran the playoffs very often. That was really fun. But yeah. this one's better because we actually like the guys on this team and we like the coach right. and uh, we like the owners and we like the GM and everybody else. So really rooting for them uh, more than anyone. Uh, obviously, Towns, uh, I've never really experienced a superstar playing like that in any oh capacity. We've, say, we've seen some bad games. Um, we've seen James Harden lay a thousand eggs. Um, LeBron James had some really bad games, uh, early in his playoff career where you're watching and going, what, what has, who has taken over this man's body and what's going on? I don't know though, if I've really seen a choke job or whatever you want to call it as bad as that it looked, if, if he's trying to throw a game, if he really was, the guys who paid him off would have been like, dude. Dude, relax. Calm down. You're making it way too obvious that you're throwing this game. Um, just starting out the game with a travel for no reason. He shot an air ball from like seven feet with Reggie Jackson on him. Reggie Jackson is my height. Yeah. Um, so that made it really tough. But um, obviously, we love Ant. And he was so good. Um, so good. And we have a soft spot for D'Lo. Um, we love D'Lo. We and love he was, we love We love Cat. Yeah, all of them. Uh, but D'Lo was, was incredible as well. Um, going into it, I think another factor is the feeling of dread that I for sure had. This Clippers team just piss-pounded the Wolves every single right. time they played this year to like an embarrassing degree, right? Like they like came every, in and... Every time like they played point. the Clippers, you were like, oh, they don't... I thought the Wolves maybe had something this year and then they'd play the Clippers and you'd be like, ah, oh, they don't actually have it this year. Right. They Maybe proved it every year. time. So that felt to me, um, the Wolves were favored. And just to me felt like they're going to lose by 20. They lose by 20 every time to these Clippers. Right. Um, and then coming out of the gates, as you said, they were just down the majority of the game. You know, they fought back late in the second quarter uh, and went into the half of the lead. But then again, just was, were losing really quickly. Um, and it just felt like it was an uphill battle when they got down 10 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I thought it was over. Just, I think a yeah, lot of people thought it was over. Right. And again, scrolling through Twitter later, there was a lot of people, not in a, in a negative way, but they were just like, all right, well, that's it. I mean, you're down 10 to a really good team in the fourth quarter. I don't know what the, um, you know, that win probability, but I'm guessing it had to be in the 80s, probably. <laughs> At least. For, yeah. for the Clippers. Um, and so to come back, uh, that just all adds to why it was so fun. Um and the way they came back to uh, on a huge run like that yeah. with uh, Edwards with that dunk was just unbelievable. Like how I mean, they rolled the red carpet out for him. It wasn't a hard dunk, but it was yeah, really I mean, fun to see. That dunk was like, I don't know if you ever see like on Instagram or any of these social media things. There'll be like a kid or a high school person, a high school kid that dunks and people will just flaw onto the floor and they'll have yeah. to stop the game because people just go nuts. That's what I thought was going to happen when Ant did that little hesitation at the top of the lane and two guys stepped out and then immediately knew they were screwed and yeah. the whole lane cleared out like the parting of the Red Sea. I really thought that everybody in the lower deck was just going to rush the court and the game was going to be called right there because yeah. it was you knew it was coming like everyone ever I was out of my chair in the basement just because I assumed the basket was going to be torn from the ground. 
Yeah. Hands. It's such a special thing that only basketball, I I'm sure there are other sports where this happens, but I'm trying to think right now of like, when you see the thing coming a second ahead of the, t- ahead of time, and you know exactly how amazing that's going to be before the thing happens. That's just not a thing in other sports, right? A dude hits a mammoth bomb in baseball. Well, you didn't really like anticipate it or see it coming or know it was going to happen or anything. Um, yeah, that's just a only, really, you only really get that little flicker where like maybe it's a guy throwing smoke on the mound and then the catcher's glove doesn't move from the middle of the plate at all. And you're like, Oh, cause you, you, you can sort of, yeah, you, you can sort of anticipate that something's coming right down the middle and they're about to take a swing, but yeah, nothing like that moment where Ant gathers himself at the top of the key and you're like, Oh, this is about to happen. Yeah. Things are about to happen right now. So many incredible things at the end. D'Lo had the pull-up three that we've been screaming and yelling at all season long, and it goes in. The best uh, part was even Chris Finch after the game was like, yeah, he hasn't made that shot in a long time. <laughs> he, that guy you know, tells it like it is in a really authentic way. You never really think he's actually shitting on his team, but he's being very serious and like yeah. honest. Like, yeah, I, I wasn't sure about that one. Um, so that was when you fun. Get roasted by your coach for the biggest moment of the game. You know that something something has gone on here. Nas Reed hit a big three with that set shot at the top. That was oh. awesome to see. Um, Honestly, see, that was the thing about for two years. We've been saying, I want the Timberwolves to be good, but I want these Timberwolves to be good. These I love every ones. one of these guys. And at this point, for the last two years, it's been like, I don't want the team to be good so much as I want these 15 guys to be good at basketball and I want them all to succeed. And so like cat is having the worst game of any player in basketball history. And so Nas Reed has to play 27 minutes and normally in it with a normal Timberwolves team, I'd be like, Oh, great. Here we go. We got to put in Nas Reed, but because of the way the last two years have been, I'm like, heck yeah, buddy. Heck yeah. Nas Reed is coming in. Bring Mm -hmm. it on. We got set shot threes. We got surprising athleticism out of nowhere. We Mm -hmm. got t-shirts under our jerseys. Let's do this. Let's do this. Jalen Noel had a couple nice buckets. He didn't play much, but again, just seeing him come out there and and be a positive contributor uh, was really fun. Um, And then Pat Bev making the steal near the end. I mean, it was, it was somewhat sealed. They're up by six with 30 seconds left, but you never know. Uh, we obviously bricked a bunch of free throws at the end to make it closer than it should have been, but very cool moment for him. Uh, yeah. Crying is a little goofy, but that's fine. I don't really give a shit. That's who cares. Um, I mean, he had to do something to let out the tension because his heart rate had to be 275 (laughs) for the entire second half. Just absolutely losing his mind. Yep. It's just, uh, if that's the highlight of the season, good and fine. That's, that is great. Mm -hmm. I will take that every single year for the rest of time. It was so fun. Um, John, I had a uh, pro tip for you. This is a real right. hot take. I like it. Um, you know what's cool? And I think you should give this no. a try. What's um, cool? Have you ever thought about watching sports at a bar? <laughs> no, yeah. I would never do that. It's incredible. It's what, a, what an interesting idea, this concept of, I'll call it a sports bar. You go and just watch sports with other people. Um, I was at Bunny's in St. Louis Park. I, I go to your place. Yep. You're a guy. You're the That's mayor. That's my home turf. Bunnies. And, uh, and again, as we mentioned, it started pretty late. Uh, but it's a, it's a good spot, obviously. Um, but, man, it is just uh, you can't really say enough 
and this is more of, I think, uh, I'm sure it's a big football thing. It's obviously a big soccer thing of like, I know I'm going to go to this spot and there's going to be 50 to 100 strangers rooting for the same thing. The volume of the TV is going to be on in the bar. We're going to be chanting. We're going to be high-fiving other people. <laughs> we're all taking videos of each other, like uh, just of the scene. <laughs> it's really something that you can't over uh, overstate of how fun that is, especially in a win. Uh, you and I probably don't get to do that as much as we'd like to anymore as uh, a couple uh, couple old dads. But man, mm-hmm. when you get the opportunity, holy shit. What an, what an unbelievable experience that is. Of course, being at the game is number one, but a very close second to me is being at a bar that actually like is paying it. People are paying attention. Um, right. Yeah, it was, Which it was a really fun, not thing. a guaranteed thing for the gym rolls. No, exactly. Which probably is the reason it was so fun to me is because it doesn't ever happen. That's so rare. I mean, you want to go to a Vikings, watch Vikings games at a bar. Well, there's a hundred of them and there's a thousand people in each one, everybody chanting and screaming and it's great. But this one was uh, just felt a little different. So selfishly that, that gives it extra points as well. So no, I'm, I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing a bunch of really fun games because to me, I was like, man, it, it hasn't been a whole lot better than that. Not so much, again, in terms of importance, although it was, but just in terms of fun, uh, a big comeback in the fourth quarter with these very likable uh, young guys is, uh, man, that is, it is really good. Um, before we get into the, uh, the preview with the Grizzlies, um, I did want to take one special moment and just say how objectively awful the refs were in that game. They (laughs) were so unbelievably bad. Uh, and you know, our friend and the reason our, our reason for, for being friends, Michael Rand, we love, um, is doing, was doing his best for a couple days, trying to say it was a fairly, and he, you know, it's pulling out some statistics, right. Uh, doing his best, but, uh, it's just an, absolutely awful game and the reason i know it was so awful is because i guarantee a bunch of clippers fans are saying the same exact thing and they're also right we are both right that they are worse they were just horseshit and it it didn't ruin the game of course but man did it take away from it i would say the officiating was extremely poorly biased for at least the first half and into the second half but then you know that 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 crew that they had during the game they were just talented because they raised the game and widened the scopes such that not only were they screwing the Timberwolves in the second half, they were just doing a poor job in every facet. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the pinnacle of the whole thing was when Pat Bev got in a weird slap fight at a jump ball with, Oh my God. I'll never forget his name. Marcus Morris. Uh, Marcus Morris. I was getting my my brain, which is shot, was going to say Mercury Morris, who was on the seventy two Dolphins, which I knew wasn't right. No, he um, saw him at a bar after the game, but during yeah, he yeah. was on the court. Yeah, they get in a weird slap fight, and this ref runs in, gives him a double technical, mm-hmm. realizes in the moment that he's already given Morris a technical and is about to throw out one of the Clippers' key players for basically getting in a weird slap fight with Pat Bev, where Pat was the only one doing any slapping. So they go over to the monitor, which apparently they're allowed to do, but it really seemed like a last gas throw the dice. And then they decide, uh, actually, I, we, we looked at this and we decided that while both players were slapping each other, only one of them were technical foul slaps. So yeah. now Pat Bev gets the only technical. And that's just, 
that is some by just just terrible. It's just it's absolutely terrible. The whole game was the same thing of you know you, the one the, on the one end of the floor. This this happens all the time. Every time that Carl Anthony Towns gets the ball and tries to drive to the hoop because he's such a lummox, he looks awkward anyway. Yeah. Oh my god. But if you go to a slow motion replay, it's like all right that guy got him with the body. Both of those guys on either side of the lane got him on the arms. One of their bench guys reached out with a giant foam hand and hit him on the top of the head, and somehow that wasn't called. <laughs> Just repeated four or five. Most of the guys on the other team will fall, foul Carl Anthony Towns on any given cat drive to the basket, and it never gets called ever. And it's so uncoordinated, other, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the other end, you've got Paul George, who every time he drove to the basket, ran over at least one Timberwolf with his head down and his shoulder down. Mm-hmm. And either nothing was called or whichever Timberwolves player happened to be in his way was called for a blocking foul. Just utterly maddening. And then they called then they called Cat for an offensive foul for what was an offensive foul, but was the exact same thing that Paul George had been doing all game. And yeah. that's when I lost it. That was no. the moment when I truly lost it. The Morris Beverly elbow fight, slap fight, whatever you want to call it, was just the most insane. I, I feel like I'm on crazy pills seeing people um, or reading about people just sort of hand waving in a way of like, well, he shouldn't be ejected for that. Well, he wasn't ejected for that. He was given a technical for that. And the rules of the NBA are if you get two technicals, you have to leave the game. He was not ejected for a tiny little slap, but he should have been given a technical because right. we all know and we've all seen. Was there any way on earth that if he hadn't had an earlier technical, they would have rescinded this? Well, like, if it hadn't been if it hadn't been a play in game, I'm pretty sure they would have been like, well, them's the rules. Whoops. Yeah, but exactly. because it was a big game. They were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We actually took this too far here. And so the the idea that. I just, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's very annoying <laughs> that got that they got away with it. And people are just like, oh, well, whatever. That's how basketball works. Um, I hated it. And I've never been more angry. Right. I'll never be more angry than that stupid play. Um, but whatever. It ended up working out. I just, uh, and I suppose this sort that, of stuff does happen. That, that fifth, I think it was the fifth foul on Cat was the offensive foul. And that was really the moment that, I was texting like everyone in my phone about how terrible the refereeing was, yeah. including people who I was virtually certain were not watching the game and yeah. had no interest in Grandma. the Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got a Co-worker. lot of texts and the next day that were like, man, when I saw this text, I feared the worst, but I looked and they won. Yeah. A lot of apologies. I mean, cat fouled out on a, he was cr- trying to go for an offensive board. Um, just imagine if they had realized, oh no, oh my God, that's actually his sixth foul. Let's, uh, let's just pause for a second, go to the monitors and then go, no, nah, it's just a loose ball, really? not a bounds sort of deal. We didn't realize it was a six. It's not a foul. If it's his sixth foul, that's the same right. concept. It's um, exactly the same concept, but at yeah. the same time in the first quarter, I, I said out loud, Man, I hope Cat scores a point before he falls out of this game because they're going to follow him out as soon as they possibly can. Right. Thank exactly. goodness he actually did. When he finally got a bucket, I think it was in the second half he got a bucket. It was like, oh, phew. Thank goodness he's not going to go 
0.6 fouls, one rebound or whatever. Yeah, that was uh that was just really tough. Um What do you think? Should we look forward to the preview for the next series? Yeah, I mean, I'm ready. Let's glue our glue our hands to the floor and just go for this. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was unbelievable. Um <laughs> you can tell I just want to say you can tell how big of what level of dad my friends have reached in that we discussed the game for a while, but on the main dad text thread that I got going, we've been discussing what type of glue she probably used for like, we're still going, still trying to understand what is this glue that is still on the floor at Target Center, but her hand was easily removed from it. Right. It was not a fast drying glue, which is a seems right. Cause they, they pull their hand up really quickly. You'd think yeah. you'd want a really quick epoxy to, to right. in her head. What do you think was the, like, I'm going to glue my hand, which I kind of, I like the strategy, right? Like it's hard for me to get pulled off the court. If I'm literally glued to the court, yeah, I love that idea. Um, I don't know if I, I, I wonder if she thought like, I'm going to be glued to the court for like an hour. Like, how long did she think she was going to be glued to the court? Because it was about five seconds, right? Yeah, it, she really was not out there. The The real highlight was Pat Bev, who was like, oh, no, this lady fell down. I'm going to help her. And her hand is glued to the floor. I don't want any part of this right now. Right. Yeah, he was more curious than anything. Like, what uh, are you doing? Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I wonder if you hindsight is always twenty twenty with storming the court, as we know. I wonder if maybe the actual thing to do is... Put a bunch of glue like on your entire back and then just run up and lay on the court because you might get a real like a little stickier where it's harder to get you up. If you put it on your butt and your back and your elbows and your forearms and just lay down and kind of flatten out like doing a snow angel, you know, because then you might get a better angle for whatever her her, uh, shirt said something about. Glenn that Taylor kills thing. animals she, or something. Yeah, she she glued her hand to the floor, but then she's hunched over and nobody could read her shirt about. I think it said Glenn Taylor burns chickens alive or something. Right. Which right. Was, it was. I just want to say it was a reference to. Apparently, there was a. It couldn't have been a COVID outbreak. Bird flu outbreak. It bird flu. A bird flu outbreak. It was a bird flu and, outbreak. Yep. And so all of these chickens had to be. I'm going to say put down, but that's what you do for dogs. I assume they probably did just throw them into an incinerator or whatever. Yes. And I, I guess I believe that because that's probably what they do, but I would have believed it far more knowing that this was a Glenn Taylor operation. If a whole bunch of chickens had accidentally been incinerated, There were like, his pet chickens. Yeah. <laughs> if you, you, Telling me that Glenn Taylor runs a chicken farm about the same way that other people run chicken farms, that you know, I, I'm willing to believe, I guess. But if you, if you tell me that he had done something meaning to do well, like he was trying to cook a bunch of chickens, but accidentally incinerated a bunch of live terrible chickens. Terrible cook. Yeah. It's something like that. I absolutely would have been like, yes, Glenn Taylor did that. We should, we should all have shirts about this. So many injustices in the world that when she started doing a protest, I thought it would be something a little bit different. I'm not saying it's not important. 
Again, right. let me repeat. We have had beers. That's <laughs> true. I think that these her complaint was not that the ant the chickens are killed. It's that they were killed in a in a mean way. Like they okay. needed to be put down, but they were put down in an inhumane way, which again, okay. Okay. I mean, but I thought maybe I'm it was sure going to be a little right. more of a dramatic, you know, something involving human beings, for example. Yeah. Ukraine, like, all right. Or animals we that should have. With you, but global yeah, it's warming? Like, I'll yes. Go, yeah. All that stuff. And again, I'm I not agree. trying to say, like, you should just care about one thing or the other, but like, really riled up about they were just killed in a. They had to be put down, I think. I don't even. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think she's arguing about that. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll never know. She was on the floor for three seconds. The, the funny thing was, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, there was a similar thing at a soccer game in England. I don't know if you saw this, Brandon. No, it was it was Newcastle playing Everton and a guy ran on the field and took like zip. Oh, ties. the zip tie guy. Yeah. Zip tied his neck to the post. And then at least you're standing up with your shirt facing outward. And a lot of the pictures. I love that. Caught his shirt, which That's was great. a message about big oil. So you would think that if you were trying to do another sports related protest, you might say, all right get some zip ties. We're going to zip tie me to the basket. Mm -hmm. Then I got to stand here. They're not going to leave me here during the game because if somebody crashes into me, I will die. Yep. So they're going to have to remove me, but at least people can see my shirt while I'm standing here, not hunched over laying on the floor. And everyone's like, there's a drunk lady on the, wait a second. I don't (laughs) think she's drunk. What is it? What is her shirt? I can't, I don't know. That was the reaction. It just was not, Far be it from us to criticize the effectiveness of a protest, but it could have been done better. Well, it's just interesting to get far enough in your strategic planning to realize glue is an, is, is going to be our thing, but then stop at what about one of my hands? Yeah. Like, there's no one else I around mean, going, well, hold on, hold on. You had a good idea with the glue. I love that concept, but your one hand let's, there's other things. How about the bottom yeah. of both your shoes? That'd be kind of funny just to see people try to drag <laughs> her off and she's just like not moving and her hands, her, her shoes are like really Literally a scene right out of a Richard Scarry book. Our and it's shoes like, are stuck to the floor. What do we do? Let's get a giant fan and try to blow her off. the court. We got to untie her shoes, get those shoes off, but they're quadruple knotted. It's going to take 10 minutes. And meanwhile, we're seeing the message on her shirt. Like there's so many, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. She, I, th- I think where she was when she glued her hand to the floor, she couldn't have been more than 40 feet from Glenn Taylor. Mm-hmm. Just run over and glue yourself to Glenn Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. God, that would have been good. We got to get better at this. We got we to gotta do better. Protesters of Minneapolis. Yeah. We can, 
<laughs> hopefully it's just a, an ever-growing thing now with people doing increasingly strange things i like it to protest the bars have themselves in the basket yep raise the bar mm-hmm. it's creative at least um okay let's talk about the memphis grizzlies okay here's here's my take on the memphis grizzlies I am excited about this series, not in the sense that I think the Wolves match up with Memphis well or anything like that, but I'm excited in the sense that there are two outcomes here for how the game is going. Either the Timberwolves are doing well or John Morant is going to do something that is amazing and cool. Mm -hmm. And either way it goes, it's like, this is awesome. Like, I'm I'm sorry that the Timberwolves are not doing well, but John Morant is, man, that is one cool basketball player right there. Yeah, it's hard for us to get too riled up about the Grizzlies because if they beat the Timberwolves, I have to imagine pretty much every Timberwolves fan will be cheering for the Grizzlies in all future series, right? Absolutely. So we don't hate them uh, that much, which is, yeah, it, it'll ease this thing a little bit if it goes the way Vegas uh, thinks that it will go. Um the Wolves and they actually, really changed. They're not the sourest team in the NBA anymore. No, they were for a while. Zach Randolph yeah. years. Yeah, just the grumpiest dads ever. Tony Allen. Yeah. I think I gave them for our playoff teams to chicken fingers for yeah, many years. Seven years in a row. Seven years <laughs> in a row. Chicken got the Memphis Grizzlies just because they drove teal minivans and just hated the world. That's right. Exactly. Um, the encouraging thing is, uh, is that the the Wolves played them four times this year and went two and two. And one of their losses was an overtime. And one of their wins was by like 35 points or something. So they do match up really well with them just in general. Obviously, Ja is uh, the best player in the series. He's better than Towns. Uh, mm-hmm. But Beverly is at least somebody who can stick with him for a little bit. And, uh, and Ant has actually defended him pretty well, too. So the matchup actually makes a little bit of sense. Uh, there's been a few different Ant, people. Ant and John in one series is almost too cool. It is really basketball series. Really exciting. Um, Towns will be defended by either Steven Adams or Jaron Jackson Jr. Both really good defenders, a little bit different styles, um, but probably won't be the same blitzing strategy as the Clippers did. Um, probably won't be allowed to foul him with impunity yeah. like the Clippers were. So, so just in general, it feels like a, a competitive series. It would be surprising if this wasn't competitive. Right. Um, if we get swept, uh, that would be just, again, it would be uh, a fairly shocking thing just because of how we've played them uh, this year. Now, the 2-2 two and two record, though, is somewhat deceiving because if I remember right, and as we know, this is a sportive fact, can't be looked mm-hmm. up. Dylan Brooks is one of their pretty valuable players. He was not playing for, he was injured for most of the season. So it's a little bit different team than the one that we've played. And, right. uh, and, and he's a good player and their bench is really good. Um, so, so we might be in a little bit of trouble here. Um, but you know, which that. other team has a really good bench, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Nas I mean, Reed, baby. Nas, according to nobody else. Everyone yeah. else is like Nas Reed and, they got one name. They got a guy named Jalen and a guy named Jaden. That can't be right. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about it. Their their bench might not be great, but we also desperately don't want them to upgrade any of their bench guys. Right. Like, just keep this not. team, please. Yep. 
We like um, this team. These yeah. guys. Yeah, exactly. I uh, even like Memphis... Josh Okogie, who played six seconds <laughs> on Tuesday. I know. Right. He's just completely out of the rotation. Jordan McLaughlin. I love Jordan McLaughlin. He doesn't really right. hardly play at all, depending on the game, I suppose. Um, so the one thing to look for if you're an X's and O's guy, which I know most of us are not. Um, I see a basketball on your shelf and possibly another picture of a basketball on another shelf, Brandon. So you are an X's and O's guy. I think a sun. I think it's a, a picture sun. of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Um, is uh, the one thing to look for is that Memphis is, if not the best offensive rebounding team in the league, they're up there. They're very good at offensive rebounding. And the Timberwolves are terrible at defensive rebounding. At all like, rebounding related. Tasks. If Vanderbilt doesn't get the rebound, we ain't right. getting the rebound. Like it's just not happening. Towns is scrambling and running around like a crazy person, uh, and just does not corral rebounds he's, as often he's as he should. Out courtside seats, like yeah. Why <laughs> are you? Why are you putting a body on that bender? Screaming at a ref. Well, he's on the ground somehow again. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, I, I guess technically our small four in our starting lineups is I think Edwards, right? Cause it's D'Lo right. and Beverly and they're both okay rebounders just for guards, but just in general, like we just don't have anybody else to rebound. So that's going mean, to be a, a didn't problem. Beverly have 11 rebounds on Tuesday. Tuesday. He was, not, he was incredible. Rebound, and they not, were very good. Not because rebounds. he's a good rebounder or because he's tall. I mean, as we said, he's literally like your height, Brandon. Mm-hmm. But on the one hand, it's like, wow, that's amazing. Pat Bev got 11 rebounds. And on the other hand, it's like Pat Bev had to get 11 rebounds. Where is everybody else on this team? It's, yeah. it's the same thing as like, I don't know if you remember when Tyrone Carter played for the Gophers in the 90s for the Gophers football team. Mm-hmm. He, I think he led the nation in tackles two years in a row. <laughs> right. And on the one hand, that's amazing. Very Tyrone cool. Carter made a ton of tackles from strong safety. And on the other hand, why is your strong safety making so many tackles? Your, your, your safety should not be making 175 tackles in a 12-game season. Right. It shouldn't happen. Yeah, most of them are like 40 yards down the field. It's yeah, like, well, exactly. I'm glad you tackled them, I suppose, but it doesn't mean Jim, that you're good. Jim Wacker's Gophers team. You know, there's a lot of teams that are like, oh, we really want to shorten the game. And so in college football, it'd be like, oh, this team ran 60 plays and this team ran 40 plays. Jim Wacker's Gophers teams, it was like, all right, we're going to run 137 plays, and the other team is going to run 155 plays, <laughs> and our defense is going to be exhausted. But don't worry, we don't have any depth either. So every right. game will end with the other team scoring at least 60 points. Oh, my God. We don't want to shorten this game. We want to lengthen this game, give them more chances. All the games lasted for nine hours. Oh, the Jim Wacker era. The Jim Wacker era. I worked it into a Timberwolves podcast, but you have to be impressed by it. Well, I'm impressed, but also I'm not shocked. No, I knew that I was coming. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised, but yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so the Grizzlies, uh, the the majority of the experts that I've seen, uh, some smart guys on ESPN, some smart guys uh, on the Athletic, it feels to me like a lot of people are saying Grizzlies in six. And that uh, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's fine. I would take that. I'd be okay with that. Um, yeah, I mean, again, our our bar for playoff series in this town has really, really been lowered by the Twins. If they don't get swept, 
Like, like it's like you said about the Rocket series. That series was awful. The Rockets murdered them in every game except one, which the Timberwolves won. And here, four years later, you're like, man, that was a great game. <laughs> they won a they game. They lost that series four to one, but they won one playoff they game. They won a single and game. And I remember it because it was amazing that they won a playoff game. Oh, no. I'm making it about me. I was at the game, and I loved it. Oh, you It were. was so fun to be at the game. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, and I hope to go to the Saturday game um, here. Oh, that would be super fun. Yeah, totally. We'll see. Um, is this going to be like, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the schedule. Is this going to be like the NHL where because the Timberwolves are west of Grand Central Station in New York, all their games start at 9 p.m.? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, it's possible. But they have the Saturday 2.30 game is game one. That's a pretty sweet time. Yeah, that's a good, um, that's a good time. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. The uh, some of the other the um, the home game the following Saturday is still TBD. So you're right; it could possibly be a later game, but um, but I don't think it'll be. I mean, maybe eight thirty. I think is probably the latest they'll ever go. But uh, I guess you never know. Um. So yeah, I think the Vegas line has uh, Memphis winning somewhere. I mean, it always depends because lines move and and all that, but um, about 70% chance that the uh, Grizzlies win. But, you know, 70% chance is, is by no means like this insurmountable thing. And, uh, and I think from what I've been hearing from the other experts that are not as biased as you and I, if the Wolves pull off this upset, it would not be the most shocking, earth-shattering thing in the whole world. Again, they do play them pretty well. Memphis yeah. has been a very good team this year. But I think uh, the prevailing wisdom, and I'm going to sound like an idiot here, so please don't make fun of me later. The prevailing wisdom just about playoffs in general is that if you survive on offensive rebounds as part of your like offense, that really does tighten up in the playoffs and, and offensive rebounding percentage. Let's say you rebound. I'm going to make numbers up, but like 25% during the season that always drops to like 15 or 20 or something, just teams for whatever reason, they shorten up their bench or they just know to box out a little bit more. Or they work harder for whatever reason, teams who in the regular season are good offensive rebounding teams. They can't, that shit doesn't work in the playoffs. Now, again, I say that with a grain of salt because this is the Timberwolves. They will figure out a way to not rebound the basketball. They're very good at that. Right. Um, playoffs or not playoffs, they will find a way. By the way, grain of salt. I wanted to ask you about this. When people mm-hmm. say grain of salt, and they really want to make the point. They go a giant grain of salt. This is a huge grain of salt. Yeah, a, a lump of salt, a rock of salt. Shouldn't it be the opposite? Isn't the grain of salt meaning it's nothing? Shouldn't it be like the tiniest grain of salt? You know, if it's a huge grain of salt, that seems kind of important all of a sudden. All of a sudden, this isn't a grain anymore. This is a like a car-sized salt pellet. That's that's important. You need to take you need to take you need to account for that. What if it's a grain of salt that's not meant to be anything? It should be like, no man, this is the molecule-sized salt. This is tiny. What does, what does that cliche even mean? I guess I thought it was always like, just take this with the, the grain of salt, meaning like there are so many grains of salt when you pour it on something. This should, if you put one grain of salt on your food, you're not going to taste it. 
So it really kind of means nothing. So just take this with a grain of salt. Are you looking it up? You son yeah. of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I'm already so nervous. I'm sweating immediately of like what it actually means. Okay, so let me just finish my statement. That hey. to me was like, it, just take this with a grain of salt, like one grain of salt on your meal that is not salty food. So people are like, this is a giant grain of salt. It's like, oh, shit. So you're saying it's important? I feel like it should be the opposite. All right. So like we said, we've been drinking, and I just want to say the Wikipedia <laughs> article about this includes <laughs> it includes a reference to Pliny the Elder. So I'm not sure I'm going to grasp this as, oh my God. as we go by here. So I'm going to, what, this doesn't, apparently a grain is an actual English measure of weight, which is one of those things that you, it just can't be true. And yet here we are. And apparently in British English, they say, take this with a pinch of salt, not a grain of salt. Okay. But a grain of salt. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to try to explain this. A grain of salt is about how much a pinch of salt is okay. in that old English measuring system. So take it with a pinch of salt, but to view it with I just, I've, I've lost it. This doesn't make any sense. No, none of these explanations that are offered make any sense. It, it seems like the more salt you would take would in, indicate an increased level of skepticism. So if you're saying, take this with some skepticism, take this with more skepticism, take this with a bushel of salt, take this with a, a rod of salt, a chain of salt. I'm just naming old English measurements here. Okay. Take okay, this with so you- a fathom of salt. None of these I realize. I realize, listeners, none of these are weight or volume measurements, but I'm just naming random. A fathom? Yeah, that's, if- a, that's a measure of distance. That's not a measure of weight or volume. I get it, Brandon. I get it. Man. So you're, you're just being very nice to say that I'm wrong. No, I have no idea whether I'm saying you're wrong or not because <laughs> I, I legitimately don't understand this cliche anymore. You ever say a word and then eventually it just loses all meaning? That's what's happened here. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll think on that one a little bit. Why don't we sober up and then uh, revisit this one? Let's circle back next week. Yeah, put a pin in that one for sure. Put a pin in it. Let's parking lot it and take it offline. <laughs> um, the worst of all of those was parking lot it. I was, I was hanging with you until you said that, and then I just yeah. lost the world to live. Do you get that in your uh, corporate world? Your day job? Uh, sometimes everybody gets it in the corporate world. You know why? Because people are awful. I know. It's really bad. Uh, take it offline, I hear, just probably 20 times a day. Parking lot, not a ton. I don't love that one, but I do hear it, and I don't like it. Not a fan. I mean, in a sense, doesn't take it offline mean the same thing as let's take it outside? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just you and your coworkers scrapping and building D? Yeah, we'll, we'll have physical fistfights. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little peek behind the curtain at how uh my at how Best Buy works. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's how the sauce is first. made, folks. <laughs> Brandon's uh, in the business, in the yeah. squeezing biz, as he says. Squeezing biz, as we say. You're right. Uh, okay, John, we should get a move on here. I'm sure people are uh, 
are sick of hearing mm-hmm, our voices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And by people, I mean our moms. Yeah. My dad, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, my, dad was all, <laughs> my dad was already razzing me about my bro and turd picks for the twins this year. So <laughs> that's great. I, I deserve it. True they fan. They both backfired horribly. He's a true already. fan. My hopes of affecting the universe by picking somebody good as my turd and somebody bad as my bro <laughs> and hopefully affecting them in the opposite way. Not working out. Not Testing working your out. powers. Um, how do you think this series is going to go, John? I want to say it'll go to game seven because that would be super fun. And that's what I want to happen. Mm-hmm. But probably six sounds right. Yeah. I'd like to believe they'll win too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I'm with you. I do think, I do think uh, Memphis and seven sounds really fun. That mm-hmm. sounds great to me. Um. You know, talent-wise, it seems fairly close. I I like Finch a lot, but I know for some there's some weird alchemy going on with Memphis where you look at their players and go, boy, their bench is that good with DeAnthony Melton and you know a few other you know guys that we don't really know, mm-hmm. but they are very good. Kyle Anderson, Tyus is Tyus Jones still? You know, there's just like guys you go, okay. And okay, I'm a diehard, so I know the majority of guys in the NBA, but even I look at it and go, boy, they seem beatable, Uh, but they're not. They're really good. So you just kind of trust the numbers um, that they're a great team. It's still a little weird because what one year ago, they, they, I mean, they always beat the Timberwolves, but they weren't great record wise. Um, So I'm going to go for it and say the same as you. I'm going to say Memphis in seven. That would be nice. That would God, be, fun. be fun. That would be so game good. Seven, for us. Even if they lost at a game seven, it would be fun. Yeah. Of course, if they get to a game seven, it'll be like, all right, I will sacrifice any one of my children. Pick one of my children to get them to win this. Wait a second. Yeah. First round series. I know. I know. Isn't that so funny? That would be, you know, the, the, the funny, the other funny thing about this is if you had, any other Western Conference playoff team, I'd be like, they're going to get beaten five. They got mm-hmm. no chance. Yep. On down to like Dallas and Denver. Even, I don't know, who have they decided who's getting the eighth seed, whether it's the Clippers or somebody else? Has that game been played yet? That game is being played as we're recording right now. It's 9 15 on a Friday. Right it's going to be the Pelicans versus the Clippers. The Pelicans and the Clippers. If they were playing the Pelicans or the Clippers, I'd be pretty confident. But every other playoff team in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, they got no chance. Except for Memphis. Yeah. Like if they were playing matchup. Phoenix, if they if they were playing Phoenix, it's like, man, I hope they keep one of these within 20. Right. Exactly. Like when they played the Rockets a few years ago, they won one game and that was an amazing accomplishment. Because uh-huh. going into that series, you're like, yeah, they're gonna get hammered four straight. If they win one, it'll be an accomplishment. Yeah. And that's how I, so I would feel about we've been saying this the whole season, but that's how I would have felt about the Suns, that's how I would have felt about the Warriors about Dallas, about Denver, about Utah, every one of those series. It's like, yeah, they can't win this. But Memphis, Memphis is young. You never know. We got right. Pat Bev running around and just hitting people. Who right. knows what's going to happen? Exactly. So there we go. Um, do you have any other thoughts or predictions? We can record another one. It's not illegal um, during the playoffs. But uh, are you paying attention to the other series at all? Or are you kind of just like Timberwolves or Bust well, at this point? 
I think we should be impressed that I named seven Western Conference playoff teams. Right I was, there. I honestly thought you were going to throw in like a Spurs or, you know, like something. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, John, no. Kings, nope. Nope. But you got it. You nailed it. We should You're- go down. We should go down. I should try to name the Eastern Conference playoff teams. Okay. You got this? Are you ready? Do you know them off the top of your head? Nope. I'm going to do it through memory as well. All right. The, the Celtics are good. Well, do you want to do? Are, good. are you going to do like one, the one and eight matchup? What do you think that is? Oh my gosh, yeah, I can't. Uh, there's no. Oh, you're just going to you're just going to name the eight. I'm going to try to name the eight teams in these unranked order. The eight teams. Okay, good. So yeah. you've gotten two. You've gotten the Celtics, Celtics, and the Sixers, and the Sixers. Yep, they're definitely two. both good. Yep, I think the Bulls made the playoffs. They did. The Bucks are still good. They are good. Okay, it's crunch time already. The Heat. The Heat are going to make it. Five. Um, hmm. The Hornets lost the other night. They are not going to make it. They aren't. They got destroyed by Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But I think that other play-in game is maybe happening like right now. Uh, it was happening right now. Yep. Do you want me to tell you what happened? No. Because <laughs> I want to guess. I want to. I want to. I want want Atlanta to be one of my possibilities because I knew they played in the play-in game. Okay. But I don't know who they played tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Atlanta made it. They did. Yes. Ding, ding. All right. That's six. I still only have six of the teams. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Um... Is the Eastern Conference still garbage? Um, no, it's not. It's very competitive. The top teams are good this year. Let me give you a tiny, tiny hint. Let me see if this okay. uh, tonight the Hawks won to go to the playoffs, as you just mm-hmm. said. They beat the Cavaliers. Okay, I was pretty sure the Cavaliers were bad. The Cavaliers no, were in, in the, the play-in, play-in game and they lost to another team. Do you remember a couple days ago the Cavaliers lost to a team that's now in the playoffs it's now in the playoffs yep was that a play-in game it was a play-in game yes so the Cavaliers wait the Cavaliers were in the 78 game and now they lost the another playoff game yep exactly this is because Ricky got hurt that's right with that veteran leadership there Ricky Rubio would have brought they would so who did the in. Cavs lose to a couple nights ago <sighs> one of the I players feel, on the like team it... all right go ahead one of the players in the team has said he thinks the earth might be. Flat. I know. I know this now. I thought of it. It's the Nets. The yeah. Nets were in the playoffs. We're in the play in round. How were the Nets in the play in round? Oh, so many injuries. KD was injured for a long time. And Kyrie played like 20 games this year because he's not vaccinated. Yeah. I'm still not vaccinated. Still not. A nope. million people have died. And, and oh, here's guy. another hint. Here's the fun hint. Neither is a guy on the Sixers, who's a fairly important guy, not the most important, but a, but a rotation guy. And that that actually is a very big deal because of who their opponent is. Are they playing the Knicks? The Knicks didn't make the playoffs, did they? They did not. Yeah, they were terrible. Head and north. I feel like, head I feel north, like young man. Mix, head north. Uh huh. The Raptors. There you go. There it is. There's the Raptors the made the playoffs. Yep. They're the five seed, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. 
You got eight. All right. Now I got to look up. Now I got to look up the actual seating. Hold on. Miami versus Atlanta. Wow. Miami was the number one seed. I would not have guessed that. Boston versus Boston Brooklyn. Right. Wow. There were four. There were three teams with the exact same record. Right. Celtics, Bucks, and 76ers all won 51 games. Wow. Milwaukee plays Chicago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Like much more competitive. I think the Western Conference is still good because Phoenix is uh, really, really good. Uh, But the Eastern Conference is going to be unbelievable. A first round matchup with the Celtics versus the Nets is killer. That is so good. The Spurs won 34 games and made the play in tournament. I know. 34. So stupid. John, let's. Let me uh, give you our your uh, playoff teams, you and and our, our other fellow podcasters. And oh then no, we'll, we're already we'll... ready for this. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then we'll get going uh, for the night. Please give me the Timberwolves. Nobody's getting the Timberwolves, right? Nope. Okay. Right. Chicken fingers. I'm hoping you give me a team from the Western Conference because, as I've just proved, I to name the teams in the Western Conference. Chicken is. I'm giving him the Toronto Raptors. Because they're not vaccinated? No, the Toronto Raptors are vaccinated. The Sixers have a guy, Matisse Thibel, who's not vaccinated. Now, the reason ah. I'm giving Chicken Toronto is um, they're playing the Sixers. And we know how much Chicken yes. hates the Sixers. Yeah. And I think vague. Toronto actually can, should, and will beat my formerly beloved Sixers. I'm, um, I'm a big Raps guy now that they're playing the Sixers. You're a Raps guy too? Okay. Stu... I'm giving the Phoenix Suns because uh, I think his brother lives in Arizona. Oh, that's right. He's a big Phoenix guy. Big Phoenix guy. Stu's always been a big Phoenix guy. So he gets always been a big Phoenix guy. John, I'm giving you the Denver Nuggets. (laughs) Why am I getting the Nuggets? You all the teams. You like alternative sports. I do. And Jokic has been. Compared to uh, water polo players, <laughs> I love that. grasping at straws. He would be great at water polo. Oh, he'd be unbelievable. He'd be the probably the greatest of all time. He'd be the goat, greatest player of all time. Number one, he doesn't have to swim because he can just touch the bottom of the pool. Standing, yeah. Everybody else is treading water. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Denver Nuggets because. And because Nikola Jokic is a water polo player, that's the reason. I yeah. love I love that reason. That's yeah. the perfect reason. Well I uh, I couldn't really talk myself into giving you the Bucks. I mean, they're like Midwest team, maybe. I mean, the Heat. I feel like I got the Bucks in a previous year, and it you, did, you did. Have the Bucks you gave me the previous Warriors year. one year. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. Yeah, I wanted to mix it up a little bit, so I thought that maybe I'll take the, nuggets. the Nuggets. Yeah, I'll take the Nuggets. I like that. Yeah, they could beat the Warriors for sure. Stu's going to win a championship. He might. I'm I pretty mean, sure he is. Well, Who's we'll, going to beat uh, the Suns? Nobody's going to beat the Suns. I don't think so. Nope. A lot of, uh, again, I've been listening to as many, uh, as many podcasts as possible and reading all the content. And I've been just seeing a lot of Suns over Celtics. Yeah, that sounds right. Which I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to, I, I mean, I'd probably say Suns over Bucks. Um. But if they get to it, if the Celtics, I mean, they'll have, they would have home court advantage over the Bucks and the Heat are a one seed, which is great. I guess it could happen, but they just definitely just feel 
like a regular season team that has kind of already hit their ceiling. And it'd be pretty shocking to see Jimmy Butler, you know, right. He's fine, but he's not. Once you get into a playoff series with, uh, you know, Giannis and whoever else, it just, yeah, he's just sour. That's really the main thing he has going for him. Yeah. He's just a sour grump. The one thing that they have though, is that Milwaukee and Boston, let's see here. They're the two and three seed. We'll have to play each other, and they're very good. And then there's a fairly big drop-off between the first three seeds and then either Philly or Toronto. So Miami could you know, have a fairly easy path into the Eastern Conference Finals, and then you're a tweaked ankle away from making it. So that right. also would not shock me at all. And there may be the best, you know, air, sarcastic air quote value on the Heat just because it, they do have an easier path. But, uh, but we'll right. see. So. Okay, John, like uh, we were going to talk about Buxton's injury, but as of, uh, this, as of this recording, 9.30 on Friday night, I don't think we have any um, solidified news right now. He looked like he was really upset when it happened, um, but reports after that have not, been, um, have not been too negative. And we know what negative reporting looks like of like, yeah, we'll get the results back soon, but everybody's preparing for this to be a, you know, it hasn't been one of those just yet, so... Uh, well, so we're gonna we'll cross, cross our, fingers. our fingers, but um, it's Byron Buxton. It's I'm Byron Buxton. Not, so yeah, his leg will be I'm amputated by Tuesday. He really is, just like Shaq and free throws. He's just got one. I mean, in some cases, literally his Achilles heel. <laughs> his Achilles just, heel. <laughs> just one failing that is going to torpedo an otherwise other otherworldly career. Like if Shaq could have made his free throws, he would have been the best player obviously in basketball history yeah but the fact that he shot 43 just uh it served to humanize him so much in that somehow this incredibly athletic talented basketball player couldn't raise his arms and correctly shoot the ball mm-hmm. it, it was very much like charles barkley's golf swing like yeah how you, you don't even know how it happened but in the same way it's buxton and getting hurt i I can't explain it. It's not like he keeps hurting the same thing or he always hurts his hamstring. It's just every part of his body. He eventually hurts like hit by a pitch. He got slowed. He got hurt sliding head first into a base. So he stopped sliding head first. So he wouldn't get hurt again. And he hurt himself today, sliding feet first into him. (laughs) He's going to have to stop sliding. No more sliding. And then he'll tear his knee up trying to stop directly on second base. He's just no way to keep him healthy. Yeah. Maybe just run all the way through like a like a t-ball player. Mm-hmm. Just run until you get into you get tagged out. But yeah. we can't risk it all anymore. Right, you're bud. so fast. Yeah, you're just gonna have to keep running, and hopefully they'll miss you with the ball. And just once you start running, don't stop. And if they throw you out at home, they throw you out at home. It's fine. Yeah, you know it's not eulogy time at all. But uh, just you know, I think we all had visions of like how great would it be to have two guys who are legitimately decent odds at, at at least being voted getting some mvp votes on the same team hitting back to back how fucking right. fun would that be to see these two korea what a what a monster he is korea and buxton together just having just just great you don't even need need much more than that like that would have made my summer just seeing these two go off even if their record was 500 i wouldn't even care if those two had that so we'll see and it lasted almost a week what a what a great five six days that was, huh? 
Now we just, I, I've been thinking about it here as we're talking about it. What we need is, you know, those like gymnastics porta pits they have, the big soft things. Of course. We'll just put one of them behind first, one of them behind third, maybe one out behind second. I don't know. I haven't worked that out yet. Yeah, maybe. And yeah. there'll be a special rule for Buxton. Like the fielders tag the base and Buxton will jump into the porta pit mm-hmm. and we'll use instant replay to decide whether he got to the base before the fielder would have tagged him. John, it's the it's only way late. to keep him safe. But I have to tell you, I love this. Yep. We can do it for everybody. It doesn't have to be just Buxton, but bases have been hurting people for too, too long. We want to move the bases closer. Let's just make baseball's moving them closer together. Why don't we just make them all out of the porta pit? You have your time. Bases. Out of the entire black box. It's time to fight yep. back. It's time for gymnastics pits instead of bases. <laughs> we'll try to take you out, but if you land in that pit, you're safe. Right. Exactly. Let's make this work. Let's we do this. Make this work. All right. I think that's enough for us. What do you think, John? I'm just remembering now. I, I just want to mention that up until like three years ago at Stanford, one of their gyms had a special springy floor that was like a trampoline that uh-huh. was supposed to reduce injuries. And instead it hurt everybody, but it lasted for like 35 <laughs> years. And I think that's exactly what would happen with my porta pit idea but that's it that's all i got we talked it out though the stanford trampoline floor is the last thing that i got okay good talking to you bye everybody all right bye everybody planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.